0: Hey, how are we feeling tonight, guys? You good? You look good. Hey, uh, did anybody lose a Samsung phone during worship? Samsung. There you go, my guy. Hopefully that's really his. And he's not lying and stealing in church at the same time, you know. If so, man, you need it worse than any of us so you could have it. And if you're that stoked over a Samsung and not an iPhone, God bless you. Because real, you know, if you got an iPhone, you're going to heaven, you got an Android, there will be an altar call at the end of the message tonight. We're going to... <laughs> hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. Hey, if you got a Bible, go to John chapter 11. If you got a Bible, John chapter 11. We just wanted to take a quick moment to say an extra special welcome to anybody who's maybe here for the very first time. Somebody invited you, you're visiting, you've come to hang out, maybe you're logging on online for the very first time. We are so stoked you chose to spend some of your time with You got a busy life. You got a busy schedule. You got a lot going on. And here you are. We feel so privileged that you would spend some of your time with us. We like welcoming our guests every single week. Everybody who calls the Bridge Bridge Youth home. Everyone clear your throat. throat. We like welcoming our guests every single week in a way that never gets old for us. We like saying we are here to build you up, not... We love you. We back you. We're so pumped you're here. You don't have to believe to belong here. Hey, before we jump into tonight's message, two things I want to just reiterate that T-Dog and O-Dog said earlier, our service hostesses with the mostesses, Um, two things. Number one, uh, the last Sunday of this month, that's the 30th, the day before Halloween, everybody say the 30th. 30th, October 30th to be exact. We are doing baptisms on Sunday morning. We're doing baptisms. Uh, if, I, if I baptize you, you're in the room and I baptize you. Would you raise your hand? I baptized you, you're in the room. Lit. Le- you got dunked, chunky, dunky. I love baptisms. Baptisms are so sweet. And if you've never been baptized, maybe you recently gave your life to Christ. Maybe you gave your life to Christ a long time ago. You've been following God for a long time, but you haven't yet taken that step of baptism, I would love to baptize you. It would be such an honor. And we are doing baptisms on October 30th. Just go online, sign up. It would be super awesome to have you there and to let you be a part of that. The second thing is next week. Somebody say, next week. Next week week is our Halloween hype night. Next week's not a normal service. All of these chairs are gonna be gone. We are gonna have lip sync battles. We're gonna have costume contests. I'm just, as your pastor, I'm telling you right now, Telling you right now, I I get emails. I get emails for letting you all dress up and come to church, okay? We give you all lots of leeway. Don't make me come and tell you how your costume's inappropriate, okay? I don't need emails on top of the emails. I get emails from people's moms, from people's aunts. I got I got I got people on Facebook saying stuff about letting people dress up for Halloween and come to church. Don't let me get emails on email. I'll get the emails from mom and grandma, but when the great grandmas start emailing me, that's when things get tough, okay? So, hey, do me a favor. We trust you guys. We know that you guys are absolutely awesome. Show up in your costumes next week. Just make sure, like T Dog and No dog said, that they're church appropriate. And then do me a favor, do this. Think about those friends that you have in your life that would never normally come to church. Like they wouldn't come to a typical youth night. They wouldn't come to a Sunday morning and invite them next week. And when they tell you, oh, you know what, like church isn't really my thing. I'm not really about church. I don't really like church. Tell them, that's fine. Really? It's a Halloween party that's just happening at church. So come check it out. And then you could give them this promise. I promise you, you will have fun. And then what we're going to do next week is we're going to have so much fun. We're going to make memories together. And we're going to connect with people, build some relationships. And hopefully in the process of that, get some people to realize as Christians, we're not we're not like these weird religious people who don't have no fun. We have more fun than anybody else around. And we're going to show a lot of people that next week. So invite some friends. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night. All right, you ready to get into God's word? Yeah. Come on, you ready to get into God's word? Yeah. Guys, I'm just a little bit under the weather. So if you hear me sniffle, I'm sorry, but I'm going to need the best out of you tonight because that's how you're going to get the best out of me. You ready for God's word? Anybody ever have the medicine ball tea from Starbucks? It is fire, bro. It slaps. All right, we are in the final week, the last week, the last installment of our series, Stranger Things. Who's enjoyed this series? It's been a really fun series to teach and preach out of. Uh, in this series, we've talked about paranormal activity. Last week, we talked about ghosts. And tonight, we're going to talk about a zombie story or what kind of seems like... Sounds like a zombie story. In reading it earlier today, I was actually like, kinda sounds like a mummy story as well. Anybody remember the movie The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Bro, that movie was so sweet. I don't know why, but that movie is, like, nostalgic for me. Anybody got that movie that, like, it's raining outside, you're not going nowhere, so you're going to stay inside and watch a movie that's nostalgic and comforting? I don't know why. The Mummy is comforting for me. Like, seeing Brendan Fraser, like, shoot a mummy, boom, it's like, like, ah, oh, reminds me of my childhood, <laughs> you know? Like, I love that movie. now we're talking about zombies. Now, let me ask you a really quick question: the zombie apocalypse happened right now? It just started. Everybody else in the world, zombies, and, and three-fourths of the room become zombies. You could get one person in this room to join you on the zombie apocalypse. Who are you choosing? You get one person. Who are you choosing? Who are you choosing? I'll tell you this right now. Amber, I love you with all my heart. I'm not choosing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. I love you. You know who I'm choosing? You know who I'm choosing for the zombie apocalypse? I am choosing the one, the only, Wyatt Staggers. That's who I'm choosing. Hear me out. Hear me out. You know why I'm choosing Wyatt Staggers? Because Wyatt Staggers is what we call a legitimate track star. This man ran track in college, and his college four-by-four, I don't know if that's what you call it, a four-by-four. That's what you call a a burger at In-N-Out with four patties, a four-by-four. Wyatt, in his four-by-four, broke, like, state records. His cardio is on lock, bro. Where's Where's all the track kids at? Anybody do track? Track and field? What do they call that? What else is that called? Like, track for cross country? Cross country, yeah. How long do you run, like, in track? Four miles? What did you run? All sprints. So what do you run in a sprint? Hundred miles, hundred meters. Thank God. I don't know. Anybody else hear stuff like that? A hundred meters, and you're like, yeah. And then in your mind, you're like, I have no idea what a meter is. <laughs> like, how far is a meter? It could be here to there. A, a meter? That could be, like, from here to the bottom of the hill. That could be, like, to a winch- I have no idea how far a meter is. All right. Still. <laughs> like, you ever, um, yeah, anybody ever, like, you, you track people, cross-country people, you ever out and you're running, and then there's that person who wants to show off, and they're running a little bit faster than you? You know, the- and what do they say? They go, on your left. I'm so glad. You said On your left. And you're like, yeah, whatever, buddy. Forget you. All right. You go, on your left. Everybody look at your neighbor and go, on your left. For the zombie apocalypse, I'm choosing the on your left guy. The one with the great cardio. Tonight, we're digging into a story about what kind of sounds like a zombie. And and this, guy, this guy's name, he's got, he's got an interesting name, and, and one time I was doing some Bible trivia with some students over at the Dunn's house, uh, Laura, who, who is on drums, her and her husband, Danny, who's a firefighter, he's dope, he's awesome, and Kai Dunn, who made shoot your shot last week, baby, <laughs> praise God. We were over at their house, Paige, are you here? You out here, Paige? Paige Dunn, what's up? There you are. In the middle, I see, you. I don't forget you, I don't forget you. Uh, we're at their house and we're hanging out and there's some, uh, some of our friends over, we're playing some basketball and then, and then two guys, they, they uh, tied in one-on-one basketball and we decided to, to break the tie with a little Bible trivia. Ooh, you know it's getting spicy when we're breaking ties with Bible trivia. So we have Bible trivia, it gets down to one of the last questions, right? And the way that we were doing it was like, um, uh, you ever watch, um, oh, what's Steve Harvey's show? Family Feud. You ever watch Family Feud? Bro, Steve Harvey's comedy, bro. Uh, You ever watch Family Feud? Family Feud ain't boring, bro. Family Feud's comedy. But you see how they have to like, whoever hits the button first? We were doing that except just like whoever smacked the table first, right? And so I asked him this question. I said, who did Jesus raise from the dead? One of the boys goes, boom, (laughs) Ludacris. It's Lazarus, not Ludacris. Ludacris is a rapper Lazarus was a guy who kind of seemed like a zombie. Because, get this dude was dead, like dead, dead, and then Jesus raised him from the dead. And that's the story we're going to dig in tonight. And we're going to see what it is that we can learn from this kind of zombie type story tonight. If you're taking notes, here's your sermon in a sentence. Everything that I have to say tonight is going to be wrapped up in this one sentence. You ready for it? Look at your neighbor, say, You ready? Look at your other neighbor. Say, you ready? Look back at your first neighbor. Say, you ready? Even crazier, look at your second neighbor. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All night, just back and forth. Here's your sermon in a sentence. Maybe one of the most true, relatable, relevant, pertinent sermons in a sentences that I have ever given. Here it is. Broken into two halves. It's really a sermon in two sentences. Number one, life sucks sometimes. <laughs> Said amen. The freshman girl who just got broke up with, yes it does! <laughs> the sophomore boy who didn't make who didn't make the JV team. It sucks sometimes. But here's the second part of your sermon in a sentence. Look at your neighbor, say you ready? ready. But God is good all the time. Life sucks sometimes, but God is good all the time. Where's all the Christians, the Bible believing, vegetable singing? Father Abraham, kids. So you got, You guys know them. Y'all, all right. Don't just get all hyped and raise your hand. You should know how to respond to this then. God is good. And all the time. All the non-Christians in the room are like, y'all weird for that. And we are. You're not wrong. We're kind of weird for that. But come to Hype Night next week and you'll realize we act out fun as well. Life sucks sometimes. But God is good all the time. Amen. All right. John chapter 11, I have to prep you guys because we do have to kind of read a good chunk of Scripture tonight, okay? So I'm going to do my best to read fast. Anybody else not a fast reader? I'm not a fast reader. Anybody else do this? You'll read a whole page, and then you'll be like, what did I just read? And you got to go reread it, somebody over here. And then you're like, what did I? Like, that's me as well. So we got a lot to read. I'm going to try to cover it quickly. John chapter 11. I even, like, kind of segmented it a little bit. We're going to read verse 1 to 6, and then we're going to jump down to verse 17. Here we go. All right, would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? People died so that we could have God's word. I think one of the best things we could do, man, honor God's word. Here we go. John chapter 11, if you got a paper Bible, it might be, it might be titled something like The Raising of Ludicrous. Here we go. A man named Ludacris was sick. (laughs) Stop, Corey. Let it go. Let the Ludacris joke go. A, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. That's actually pretty important, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Another version, the, the, the message that she sent actually said, Lord, the one you love is sick. You know, um, we do this kind of thing for the good and the bad. You know, you know, like when your sister is being a brat. Anybody else got a younger sister? Come on, somebody. And then you go to mom, and you don't you don't say I I don't go to mom and go mom. Brittany's being mean. I go mom, your daughter is <laughs> your daughter is being a brat. You know, but they did this for the good. they were like Jesus, your dear friend. Another version says Jesus, the 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 one that you love is very sick. Verse number four. When Jesus heard about it, he said Lazarus' sickness will not. Somebody say not. It will not end in death. No it, will, uh, no, it will happen for the glory of God so that the Son will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two days. Remember that part, all right? What happens next is Jesus stays where he was at for two days. Two whole days he stays where he's at. And then a couple days later, he, he goes to where Lazarus is, but he's already dead. He'd already passed away. He'd been dead, actually, at that point. By the time he's arriving, he had been dead for four days. For four days, he'd been dead. So jump down to verse number 17. That's where we're going to pick back up. And we're going to go all the way I told you, I tried to warn you, to verse 44. Y'all ready for this? We're in a a Bible book club right now. I'm going to read this as fast as I can. Verse number 17 to verse 44. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many people had come to console Martha and Mary. In their loss. Verse number 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Yes, Martha said, he will rise Uh, When everyone else rises at the last day, just really, really quick, There's uh, Within Christian faith, we believe that when Jesus comes back, even those who have died will rise again. There will be a rising of all of us as we go into heaven. So she's referring to a uh, uh, a theology of rising at the end day. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I know that will happen really long time from now. But she doesn't realize that Jesus is talking about something else. I know that he will rise again in the last day. Verse 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? I love this. In the face of death, the death of her brother, she says, yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher, that's Jesus, is here, and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to join him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leaving so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger Welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Other versions of this, it just says Jesus wept, and it's known as the shortest verse in. Scripture. If ever you're given in Bible class, all you private Christian school kids, all the Linfield kids, if it's like you get to choose a Bible verse that you have to memorize. Go, I got you, John 11, verse number, where is it at? 35? 35. Jesus wept. That's it. I memorized it. Done. Jesus wept. Verse 36. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But... Some said, this is, this is crazy, some, some began to doubt Jesus right here. Question him. This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. Roll The stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been in there for four days. The smell will be terrible. The King James Version, the old school version says, but Lord, he stinketh. That's really what it says. Fun fact. The smell will be terrible. Like junior high boys on the fourth day of camp who haven't showered and they lift their hands in worship. The smell will be terrible. Verse number 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone away. Then Jesus looked up to heaven. I love this. Look at this prayer. Pay attention to the details of Jesus' prayer. He says, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus. Somebody say, Lazarus. Come on, say ludicrous. (laughs) He said, Lazarus, come out. Now, check this out. Does this not sound like zombies? And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes. That sounds like the mummy. Where's Brendan Fraser? Thank God he wasn't around. He would have shot Lazarus, and then Jesus would have had to raise him back from the dead. Another time. His hands and his feet bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, "Unwrap him and let him go." Somebody say Amen. Before you sit down, let's pray a really long and spiritual prayer. God, speak to us tonight. Amen. Grab a seat. Hey, have you ever have you ever felt um, have you ever been or felt let down? Like someone said, this movie is so dope, and then you watch the movie and you're like, not dope. Have you, ever, have you ever had somebody go, oh, you got to try this place, this restaurant, or blah, 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 blah. You got to go there. It's so good. And then you go and you're like, it's all right. Have you, ever, have you ever had like high expectations for a TV show and then you watch that TV show and you're like, not great. That's kind of what it's like being a Star Wars fan. Being a Star Wars fan, it's like there's so much greatness and then there's so much mediocrity. It's like, ugh, this is tough. It's a tough life being a Star Wars fan. Have you ever felt let down? I was kind of, in one way, let down by marriage. (laughs) Did you feel the tension in the room, Wyatt? (laughs) Hear me out. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Hear hear him out. Hear me out. I'm a um. Where's all where's all my cuddly people at? Where's the people you're cuddly? Like you're a cuddler. You like to cuddle, bro. I, I would be I'd be a sixteen, seventeen year old borderline grown man. My mom's sitting on the couch. My head is going in her lap. Okay, I'm a hug her and hold her. She's gonna like wait. Just got her nails done. Like through my hair, scratch my scalp. Like oh, I love like I love cuddling. I like. I have a, I have a, it's uh, <laughs> embarrassing as heck. I didn't realize how embarrassing this was until I was halfway through this statement. I'm just not going to say it now. I have to say it now. I have a, a, a stuffed shark. It's like a teddy shark. You know his name? His name's Sharky. <laughs> and I love Sharky. I'll just hold Sharky. Oh, I love, I'm a cuddler. I am a cuddler. My wife is not a cuddler, I was let down, bro, I was let down, I am like, Amber's like, yeah, it's, it's hot, Corey, scoot over, and I'm like, okay, and like, if this Amber, I'm like, okay, I'll scoot over, <laughs> you know, I'll just put like, one leg on her, I just have to like, I just have to like, touch her arm, know she's still there, you know, like, that's me, one night, um, it's like, finally, finally, like, we were, we were semi-newly married, maybe like a year in, you guys remember the, the uh, story where she talked in her sleep? You guys remember the story where she tried to kill me in her sleep with the pillow? We're in that same place, the trailer in Lake Elsinore, right? The, the scene of like a horror movie, right? And I wake up kind of in the middle of the night, and, and I'm kind of sort of tossing and turning. I wake up, and I wake up to, to Amber actually cuddling me. Her arm's like this, this on my chest, and she's leaned over like this. And I'm like, this is why I got married. Like cuddles, Yes. And then, someone say, and then, and then our air conditioner turned on. You're thinking, what does that have to do with anything? What had happened was they took an industrial-sized air conditioner meant for a room this size, and they strapped it to the top of this trailer. So when the air conditioner would kick on, it was literally like, boom, and then air would start to flow. Remember where I told you Amber's hand was? Right about here. Boom! She wakes up and goes, someone's breaking in! She grabs, I don't know if, it's, I don't know if, it's, is nipple a bad word? She grabs me and squeezes and twists. Corey, wake up! Someone's breaking in! I'm like, ah! I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And like, bro, I'm telling you, she's squeezing as hard. And like, don't let her fool you. First off, don't let her fool you. She's this little blonde, sweet girl. Oh my gosh, I love you so. That chick's strong. She is strong as heck. So like, she, I'm like, okay, I don't have a left nipple anymore, you guys. She ripped it off. It's gone. i was kidding. Like she squeezed as hard as she could. All I could think to do all I could think to do was go, okay, if you let go of me, I'll go get him. She goes, okay, go get him. I'm like, babe, no one's breaking in. It was the air conditioner, and now I'm scarred for life. Huh? When she tries to cuddle me now, I'm like, no. <laughs> have you ever been let down by something? Have you ever been let down? If you're taking notes, write this down. This is your first point, let down, let down. You know, let down happens when you have a certain level of expectation, and reality doesn't meet that expectation. Now, think about Mary and Martha. What you need to know about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very, very, very close friends to Jesus. They loved Jesus. In fact, Jesus often went over to their house while he was doing ministry. He would go over and then then they would make him food and they'd welcome him in and he'd stay the night. He'd get restored and refreshed and then he'd go back out for ministry. They were so close. And in fact, uh, uh, Jesus ended up having a very special relationship with Lazarus. This is why when Mary and Martha sent the messenger, they told him, they didn't say, hey, Lazarus is sick. They said, the one you love, your dear friend is sick. So think about this. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had heard stories and seen Jesus heal all types of people. People who didn't deserve it. People who were messed up. People who ignored him. Jesus healed people that right after he healed them, they were like, thanks, and peaced out. And they never even came back to thank him for healing. But Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were friends with Jesus. So imagine when Lazarus gets sick and and they know, bro, Jesus is the healer. Jesus does miracles. Imagine the expectation that they must have had when they sent the message, Jesus, the one you love, your dear friend is sick. I'm sure that their expectation was that Jesus would drop everything and run as fast as he can to come and to heal Lazarus. And imagine how let down Mary and Martha must have been when the messenger shows back up And Jesus, the one he was supposed to bring back with him, is not with him. You ever see someone, you ever invite somebody to come hang out really because you want somebody else who's with them to come hang out? Girls, know your tricks. We know you. We see right through it. And then you see the person you invited roll up without the person that you actually wanted to come with them. And you're like, hi, so good to see you. Alone <laughs> like, how must Mary and Martha have felt like, where's Jesus? and the messenger's like, Oh, uh, he said to tell you this will not result in death they're like, what, how let down must they have been? What do you do when God lets you down like we got these songs like right? you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down like But what about Mary and Martha? Because not only did Jesus not show up, he stayed away for multiple days and Lazarus died. That sounds like a letdown to me. What do you do when God seemingly lets you down? When it really seems like he's let you down? Mary and Martha, they both said the same thing in two different verses. Verse 21, Martha says, Jesus Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 32, Mary says, Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here's the thing about letdown. Letdown is actually a set up for God to do something even bigger. See, here's why, did you ever notice that in the verse, did you notice that? It said, because Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed away for two more days. Do you guys remember Bible trivia? You ready? The answer is not ludicrous, just so you know. How long, do you remember, how long was Lazarus dead for? How long was he in the grave? Four days. Great job. I got free Bridge Youth stickers for anybody who knew that. We did order new Bridge Youth stickers that we got to get out there. Bro, I am leaking like a fire hygiene. God, you, lazy, you raised ludicrous from the dead. You can heal me too. <laughs> Four days. This is actually really important. This is something that you could read and you could just move past it. But there's something very interesting going on here. In ancient Jewish tradition, you know what they believed? They believed that God could raise people from the dead, but only up to three days. Can you imagine that? It's like, God, you could do the impossible, but you got a 72-hour window to do it in. Like, God, you could raise the dead. You could do the impossible, but you can't really do like the impossible impossible. You know, like when you say too, like in the hood, in, in, like, I know y'all, you guys grew up in the Temecula Valley. You don't know hood talk. Hood talk, if you say things twice, it has a different meaning. You know, when someone's like, you want to go get something to eat? You hungry? And you're like, I'm hungry, but I'm not like hungry, hungry. You know, that has a different meaning, right? Or like, or like, like hey, should I bring a hoodie? Like, is it cold outside? Like, you know, bro, like it's cold, but it's not cold, cold. You know, it has a different meaning. It's like the Jews in the, the, who were God's chosen people, the, the Jewish people in the first century, they believed like, oh, God, you could do the impossible, but you can't, like, do the impossible impossible. And Jesus said, bet? So he intentionally stayed away for four days. Hear me, hear me. Jesus intentionally let Mary and Martha down. You want to know why? So that Jesus could come and shatter all of their preconceived ideas of what they thought was possible. God, you could show up, but only like this. And Jesus said, okay, that's what you, you're going to limit what it is that I can do? Then I have to let you endure just a couple days of pain and despair and anguish so that when I show up, you can really see that there's nothing impossible for me. Come on, anybody else believe that there's nothing impossible for God, that God can heal, God can raise... God can kind of zombies. All right, like he wasn't eating brains or human flesh or anything, but like he was a dead dude walking around. What do you do when God lets you down? Can I tell you, when it seems like God lets you down, you can trust him. He's up to something. Come on, say it again. When God seemingly lets you down, let me tell you, you can trust him. He's up to something. Look at your neighbor. Say, you can trust him. He's up to something. They're not listening. They're stuck up. Look at your other neighbor, the second one. Say, you can trust him. He's up to something. So Mary and Martha are seemingly let down. And a big part of it was because God's timing wasn't their timing. God, Jesus, come right now. Get here. Hurry up. And then Jesus waits. He chills. He relaxes. He sits back. Man, sometimes when we are so anxious and we are so desperate and we are so like, God, you got to move, you got to move, hurry up, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And God is just chilling. He's like, it's all right. Like in the storm, when when the disciples are in the boat and the the storm comes and it's raging. And they're running around like, we're going to die. They're freaking out more than I was when Amber grabbed me. (laughs) the disciples, oh my gosh. And then they're like, where's Jesus? We got to find Jesus. And they run into like the inside part of the boat and Jesus is taking a nap. That'd have been Amber. Amber can nap anywhere, bro. She's the nap queen. And they wake him up and they're like, Jesus, don't you even care about us? And Jesus is like, bro, if I'm relaxing, you can relax too. Can I tell you, God is not nervous. You can trust him. Even when it seems like he has let you down. Can I tell you, I tell you, when God lets you down, look up. I love the song uh, that says, I will look up. There's a verse that says, I'll look up to where my help comes from. When you think, when you think, look at you and never say, you thought? When you think that God lets you down, look up and tell him, God, I still trust you. Because life sucks sometimes, but God is good. All and all the time. Amen. Ah, oh, but Pastor Corey, here's the thing. Here's the thing, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. You know, like, I don't feel God's presence. I don't feel like God's coming through. I'm not feeling it. Sis, what do your feelings have to do with anything? Sis, what, sis, sis when your mom tells you to take out the trash, and you go, I'll do it in a minute. And she goes, Is that attitude? I don't. I didn't feel like I was giving you attitude. She'd be like, Well, you're about to feel my hand across your butt. Is what you're about to feel. Shout out to all the kids that still get spanked. Whoop whoop. <laughs> some some people are like, Excuse me, my parents do not spank me. I know we can tell. <laughs> like 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 like. Try running a stop sign and when the cop pulls you over and says, you're getting a ticket. You ran the stop sign. Go... I didn't feel like there was a stop sign there. What do your feelings have to do with anything? Can I tell you tonight, young person, in your most desperate moment, in the dark times, even when a loved one, someone close to you dies, passes away, sometimes it seems like death is the hardest of all situations in life. Even in those moments, do not elevate your feelings over God's faithfulness. Because life sucks sometimes, but God's faithful all the time. But I'm not feeling it. That's okay. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel, I was talking to a student earlier today. I told him, here's the thing. Here's some of the best life advice I could ever give you. Choices lead, feelings follow. Your choices lead, your feelings follow. You choose to say, I'll look up. God, I still trust you. God, I feel like you've let me down. I remember when my grandma died, I felt like God let me down. I felt like God failed me. But I said, God, I still trust you. I know you're still faithful. And I know that sometimes life is hard. But I know that you're always beside me. You're always with me. Beware, because here's the thing about being let down. Disappointment leads us to default. Write that down if you're taking notes. Disappointment leads us to default. Go read the Old Testament. Every single time the Israelites, they felt disappointed. They go, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to the place where we were enslaved for 400 years. They're like, no, no, never mind. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then they had disappointment. Oh, let's go back to Egypt. How often is that us? I'm going to follow God. I went to summer camp. I got saved. I cried. Paul Reed's British accent. Oh, the Lord was there in those mountains. And God, I'm going to follow you. Then you come back home and like your mom yells at you and you're like, I'm just going to go back to the life I used to live. Like how often when we're disappointed because it seems like like God's let us down, that we just go back to the default. Beware of that. Don't go. Stop looking backwards. There's nothing back there for you. Stop looking at your past. There's nothing back there for you. God's got greater things out ahead of you than what is behind you. Beware of disappointment leading you to default. My last point is the band heads up and we we start shutting this thing down. We got let down. Second point that we can learn from this kind of zombie type story is hold up. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Hold hold up. Hold up. In the midst of death, Lazarus died. Jesus said to Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. So even in the presence of death, there was still life in the midst of darkness there was still oh yeah jesus nickname the light of the world so hold up even when things went terribly wrong martha still had faith it was so interesting how martha she still says but jesus i still believe that if you ask the father for anything he'll grant it to you she said i i've always believed that you are the messiah that's what she said and Jesus said this will not end in death. But he already died. Yeah, but it won't end in death. But but it's kind of confusing because how can it not end in death if, if he's already dead? No matter how dark the situation gets, hold up. Hold on. Be strong. Don't give up. Here's the thing giving up, bro, giving up's easy. You remember in, in, a, in, like, old school 90s, like, school movies, there'd always be, like, the gym class scene where they have to, like, climb the rope 100 feet off the ground. You know, that was back when there wasn't any safety waivers and you couldn't, school, you couldn't like, sue the school, you know? Like, now it's like you'll never, you won't climb a rope two feet off the ground because the school's so nervous that your parents are going to sue them, you know? Back in the 90s, they were like, oh, yeah, climb this 100-foot wall. You don't even got to put a helmet on. Who cares? <laughs> you will be fine, you know? And imagine, like, just picture yourself climbing a rope. You're 50 feet off the ground, right? Your arms are getting tired. Like the easy thing to do is to let go. Gravity will just do the work. And you know what gravity will do? It'll take you to the lowest possible point it can. See, when you don't hold up and hold on, man, life will just take you to the lowest possible point. When you hit that point, if the ground gives way, it'll take you even lower. Don't give up. Mary and Martha could have so easily had given up. It seemed like Mary was ready to, because you know, remember Jesus came, Jesus shows up, and Martha goes out to meet him, Mary stays at home. She doesn't even show up. It's not until Martha goes back to her and says, the teacher's here, he's asking about you. Go, see him, see what he has to say. Can I tell you, faith's not, like, I don't know where we get this preaching where it's like, hey, give your life to Jesus, and it'll be a whole new world. Like, no, what? We don't, you don't like come to Jesus like, hi, thank you for giving your life to Jesus. Here's your brand new flying carpet and a best friend monkey. You know, like that doesn't work like that. What was the monkey's name from Aladdin? Abu, real fans. Like life doesn't become perfect. Can I tell you, faith takes a backbone, not a wishbone, not a, oh, I really hope things will be great. No, it takes a, I'm going to continue to fight. And when things aren't great, I know God still is. And I'm going to stand in faith no matter what happens. I'm going to hold up. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to give up. But I love what it is that Jesus says to the people once they're at the tomb of Lazarus. He goes, whew, I told you this wasn't going to end in death. It's funny because it seems like, it seems like, look at your neighbor and say, seems like, it seems like the moment that Jesus sees the stone, that's when it says again that he got mad. Follow me here why would Jesus be mad that there's a stone in front of the grave? What did he say? He said, this will not end in death. And they tried to put a period where Jesus put a comma. They tried to put a period where God put a comma. Yo, sometimes we're over here like, the story's over. And God's like, you're in chapter two. I got you. And Jesus sees the stone and is like, did, bro, did I not tell you? Oh man, like the Holy Spirit speaking right now, because I didn't even think about this earlier. Like, did I not tell you? Move the stone away. Get it out of the way. I. Told, why would you put the stone there? I told you this wasn't going to end to death. Lazarus is going to raise. And then he told them, he said, you roll the stone away. You roll. Somebody say roll. See, in holding up, you roll the stone. You have a role to play. God will do the impossible, you need to do the practical. Like what? Go to church. Get into worship. Pray. Lift your head. Read your Bible. Get the heck off TikTok for like five minutes, bro. But listen, this is the part that just came to mind. This is the part that just came to mind. Jesus dies later and he resurrects from the dead And do you know who it is that discovers the tomb empty? Do you know who it was? You know who it was? It was Mary and Martha. Because one time, they rolled a stone in front of a grave, and Jesus said, why'd you even put that there? Lazarus raised him from the dead. And and God came through for them. And so then when it happened later, they go, oh, we've seen this before. We know how this story ends. Why'd you all even put the stone there? When you're in the middle of a dark situation, a desperate situation, when life is hard, when it seems like you got nobody, no one, and nothing, look back to how God has been faithful because then what's gonna happen? You're gonna show up at the next grave. You're gonna show up at the next death. You're gonna show up at the next trial, not with despair, but with faith, knowing life sucks sometimes, but God's good all the time. He's always faithful, so hold up. Look at your neighbor, say, hold up, hold up. Can we do this real quick, Tech Team? Um, I'm gonna need to do this actually in reverse order. Let's see. Can um, is that Ethan? Ethan, would you come here? Come on stage for me real quick, Ethan. I love Ethan. He's one of our one of our Youth Team guys. He helps us do photos and videos and all that. Tech Team, can we do this? Can we can we like black out all the front of house lights? You can leave the LEDs on, but black out the front of house lights for me. Uh, yes, there we go. Um, I'm putting tech team on the spot. I have no idea what these are called. But whatever these are, is it possible to to X-Pars? Par- <laughs> Jackson's whispering things in my ear that I don't know anything about. <laughs> I have a microphone and a Bible. That's as far as my expertise goes. Um, all right. Ethan, can you stand like right here in front of the table? All right. Look this way. You're going to want to close your eyes. This is really bright. Face this way, though. Yep, there we go. Oh, wait. Where's the button? It's the security, one of our security team's uh, flashlights. Here we go. Okay, close your eyes. It's really bright. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, Where's all of Ethan's shadows right now? Like, okay, okay, okay. Relative to Ethan, where are all of his shadows? Where? Where? Behind him. Ethan, turn around, turn around, look that way. Where's all the shadows now? Okay. Anybody else, anybody else love the West Coast? We got the best, best sunsets, don't we? We got the best sunsets. We ain't got no sunrises. It just gradually gets brighter around here. Cause where does the sun rise? Where? In the east, right? In the east. So imagine that this light here is the sun. As Ethan's faced and oriented and navigated his whole life away from the sun, where are all of his shadows? Where? Ethan, turn back around. Now that he's facing the sun, where are all of his shadows? Man, for some of you, all the darkness in your life is not because there's no hope, it's because you're facing the wrong direction. You just need to turn towards the sun. Sun. Which direction does the sun come up in? East. Did you know? What are all the directions? There's there's, north, south, east, west. You said west? I thought you said west. Oh, you said east? I thought you said west. Bro, you're, rest in peace to your pupils, Ethan. Do you know what the word north means? In the original language that, where it comes from, in, the, in the, um, the Anglo-Saxon, Latin, I don't know. The word north means, catch this, on your left. Scripture says that God holds us in his righteous right hand. Come here, Ethan. (laughs) If I'm holding Ethan in my, there you go, sorry, guys. If I'm holding Ethan in my right hand, then I am on his, I am on his. Thank you, Ethan. Hey, everyone, give it up for Ethan. There's a strobe. Look up because as you orient your life towards the sun and every single bit of darkness in your life falls behind you, God is your true north. He holds you with his right hand, which means he's right there saying, on your left. And I love what The theologian William Barclay said, he said, even on the darkest days, there are blessings to count. We must remember that if we face the sun, the shadows will fall behind us. But if we turn our backs on the sun, all the shadows will be in front. I know that life sucks sometimes, but God is good all the time. He was good to Mary. He was good to Martha. Even in death, he was good to Lazarus. Now, here's what you need to know about this zombie story. Lazarus was not a zombie. I know. He said the dead man came out walking. It sounds like zombies. But the reality is that you and I are the real walking dead. Here's what I mean. Quick, before we end the night, quick salvation teaching. God did not come to make bad people good. He came to bring dead people to life. But Corey, I'm not dead. Right, you were born once, but this is why the Bible says you have to be born again because our spirits are dead. They're zombies. Until God comes and wakes up our spirit, brings life to our spirit, does what he did for Lazarus and calls us out of that grave. God can do that for you tonight. Do you feel lost? Have you felt like there's more to life? There is. And that life is, is having not just your physical life. I, I've heard it said, uh, people say that we're a body with a soul. No, you're not. You're a soul and you have a body. And you can have life. And out of front, out ahead of you, you see nothing but hope. I love what the late, great Billy Graham said. Last thing in the world, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. He said, death... In death, an atheist sees only a hopeless end. A believer sees endless hope. Do you want that hope? It's found in Jesus. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we thank you that you're the life-giving God. We thank you for the life that you give us, not just in our bodies, not just the air that we breathe, but God, that you awaken our very souls, our very spirit. God, I pray for every single person here tonight. Maybe they've maybe they've gone so far as to say, I feel dead inside. Would you bring life? Would you resurrect them? Would you give them hope? God, I pray even if someone's felt like you've let them down, God, that you would show up right now in this moment. God, I pray that they would hold up before they move on that they'd hold on to you God that they'd reach out in faith to you and that you would respond right now in Jesus name with heads bowed and eyes closed. maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to maybe you want to be born again you want your spirit resurrected you want a new life you want new hope. maybe you've been going through a really dark situation you've tried everything else and nothing's worked. This is your moment to turn to God to say to hear him say I'm on your left, I'm here. I'm for you. I'm not against you. You want to put your life in his hands. This is your moment. This is your time. When I get to three, if that's you, you want to give your life to God. You want to put your life in the hands of Jesus, the same one who resurrected Lazarus from the dead. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. So cool. Man, it's the best decision you can make with your life. So proud of you. Put your hands right back down. What we're going to do is we're going to pray together. Prayer is just words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our heart. And we're actually going to pray out loud. But you don't got to worry. We're a family here. We pray together. So every single person, would you repeat these simple words right after me? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. But I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. And you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. No turning back, no looking back. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, you just raised your hand. You just wrapped your heart around those words. Can I tell you that is the best decision you could ever make with your life? I promise you that. And and we really feel like this is not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. And we wanna walk the next week of your faith journey out with you with a free gift that we have, something called The Next Seven Days. There's seven videos that'll answer some of your questions they will help kickstart you on your journey of faith, your relationship with Jesus. And you can get it in a really simple way. Just go to our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H under. And DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. If you don't got Instagram, come find me, come find Amber, any one of our team members. Tell them, hey, I want the I want next seven days, but I don't have Instagram. We'll find another avenue to get it to you. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? Hey, nobody distracting anybody. Would you stand up? Would you head to the front? We're gonna conclude in a moment of worship, and and as you head up, I kind of wanna I want to look back at two moments. From this girl, Mary. Mary had two very interesting moments, one of which was referenced towards the beginning of our story, where she sat at the feet of Jesus, and she poured some perfume out on his feet as a sign of worship to him, as a sign of thanksgiving. And I know for us, that's kind of like, that'd be kind of weird, like, what are you doing in such close proximity to my dogs, like back up? (laughs) Why are you so close to my bare feet? But in this day and age, this was such a sign of, of like reverence and hospitality. And she had this moment at the feet of Jesus. But this came after she had a moment where she went to Jesus, bawling her eyes out, crying out to him, my brother is dead. Jesus, if only you were here, She was let down, she was hurt, she was heartbroken, she was devastated, and she cried out to Jesus. A few chapters later, her brother's back to life, and she's thanking him. She's telling him how much she loves him. She's having this amazing intimate moment with him. Which of those two scenes resonates most with you right now? Do you have an impossible situation in front of you? Is there something that you're like, you're like heartbroken about? Are you in a tough season of life where you don't know what's out ahead of you? You're unsure. You have a bit of instability and insecurity. and Maybe you're a little scared, you're worried. Can I tell you the best possible response you could have is the one that Mary had Jesus can I tell you when we pray when when you have moments with Jesus be honest with him I love the way Mary talked to him the way Martha talked to him Jesus where were you I feel like if they went deeper into the conversation they'd be like Jesus we saw you show up for everybody else why not us Some of those people didn't care about you. They didn't follow you. Some of them didn't even say thank you. They took off on you the moment they got from you what it is that they wanted. Us, you're our best friend. We opened our home to you. We cooked you meals. We had you in our house. You're part of our family. Where were you? Why didn't you show up when we needed you? Those are the type of prayers I prayed when my grandma died. Where were you? Why didn't you heal her like I know you could? God, why were you there? God, I didn't have any other grandparent. I didn't know my father. My mom was raised in the foster system, I never knew her parents. My stepdad's dad died when I was really young, but my stepdad's mom, we called her Nan. She's the only grandparent I ever knew. And now she's gone, and you could have healed her, God. I don't understand. Get it. And I remember sitting at the at her bedside, as we were saying our goodbyes, and my mom asked me to pray. She said, "Corey, would, would you pray?" And immediately, as I closed my eyes and I, I began to prepare myself to say goodbye to my grandmother, I remember this really weird feeling coming over my heart, where I began to feel really, really, really thankful. Cause I was never supposed to have a grandmother and yet God provided me with the best possible grandmother that anybody could ask for and I said the first words out of my mouth was God I'm not mad at you that my time with my grandmother's come to an end I'm so thankful for the time that I did have are you scene number one Mary where were you God I got hurt when they broke my trust when I was abandoned. For some of you, it's so recent. God, where were you last night? As I was, I was in my bed all alone, crying myself to sleep for the for the fifth time this week. Can I tell you the best thing you can do? Cry out to Jesus. Because what you're gonna hear when you say, Where were you? He's gonna go on your left. Just look towards the sun right there I'm with you. The Bible says he draws near to the brokenhearted. Are you in a great season of life? Has God come through? Has he answered those prayers? Has he worked a the miracle? Then do what Mary did just a couple chapters later. God, Jesus, I love you. I love you. And I'm going to spend moments at your feet telling you how much I love you. Would you close your eyes all over this place? Would you lift your hands? Forget you're in a crowded room. Which one are you? God, some of us are broken. We're hurting. Some of us, we're asking right now, where were you? But we're following that statement up with, but God, I trust you. Life sucks sometimes, but God, I know you're good all the time. You're faithful all the time. You're right here all the time. You said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. And in this moment, with thankfulness in our hearts, we're going to worship you, but that worship's going to sound something like crying out to you. So we do that right now. But for some of us, God, you've answered our prayers. You've come through. You've proven yourself faithful like you always do. So right now, what we do is what Mary did. A few chapters later, we say thank you we love you, we worship you, we honor you, we praise you, we sit at your feet and we just tell you how much we love you and how thankful we are for you. Right there where you're do. Just begin to worship him in your own words. Forget you're in a crowded room, eyes closed, get lost in his presence. We worship you. We honor you, Jesus. Lifted high, whether it's broken praise or blessed praise, whether you're broken or blessed, right now from the depths of your heart, we're gonna sing this out, with everything in us.
1: Just in this moment right now, one of the things that I was thinking about when Corey was preaching, and even when I was just standing right over there was, there's a, I mean, the shortest verse in the whole Bible was Jesus wept. But I feel like within that moment, it's so short, but yet it's so beautiful in how it was written. Because a lot of times we talk about how, how Jesus, while he was here on this earth, was 100% God, but we don't talk a whole lot about how he was also 100% human as well. And so... Jesus is having this moment with Mary, and he sees her crying and weeping, and within that moment, instead of Jesus responding in a way that was emotionless, he starts to weep with her. And this weeping is not just like a single tear, this is like tears falling down Jesus' face. And Jesus already knew what he was about to do. He knew that he was going to call Lazarus out of the tomb. He knew that he was going to raise him back from the dead. And the whole problem, the whole situation was going to be solved. But yet in that one moment, right before he ever answers the prayer, Jesus relates with Mary. Before there was ever a resurrection there was a relationship that happened there was a moment that Jesus had with Mary even though he knew that he was about to answer the prayer he chose to weep with her he chose to cry with her can I tell you that when you pray to God when you are in agony when you have your own weeping moments Jesus is not looking at you emotionless Jesus is weeping with you because he's close to you because he loves you because he cares about you I'm so thankful that we do not just serve a robotic, emotionless God, but we serve a God who is close to the brokenhearted. We serve a God who rejoices with those who rejoice and who mourn with those who mourn. So when you have those moments, and when you think that it's all just you, it's you by yourself, you're the only one that's crying, you're the only one who knows that you're having this moment. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he went through it too. Jesus knows the hurt that you feel because he felt it too. Jesus knows the emotions that are stirring up inside of you, because he felt those exact same things too. And so when we have those moments, I feel like that brings us so much peace because it's not just me going through it, I know that it's Jesus who's going through it as well. And before Jesus resurrects that thing that's dead inside of my life, before he resurrects my peace back to life, before he resurrects that relationship, that family member inside of my life, He wants to relate with you first because Jesus knows what you feel. Jesus knows the emotions that you're going through. And for some of us inside of the room, you just gave your life to Jesus. You're like, who is this guy? I'm still learning. Can I just tell you, he is a God of relationship and he wants to be close to you. He wants to be near you. He wants to have intimate moments with you because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he has compassion for you. Because he sees things inside of your life that you can't see that he's doing. And it's just amazing just to be a part of it. And so if you did give your life to Christ, I just want to echo what Pastor Corey was saying. You just made the best decision ever. You are stepping into something new. God is calling you out of something and into something amazing. And so we want to give you a free resource available to you called The Next seven days. You can DM us on Instagram, bridge, YTH underscore next seven, and we will give you those resources. Also, Wednesday nights are not the only nights that we have service. Well, they are the only nights technically, but we have church another day, which is on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have a 9.30 service. You can sit with your parents, but we also have a youth service happening at 11.30 where we jump into connect groups. It's awesome, but also don't forget, we got a hype night coming up next week. It's a Halloween theme. Come in your costumes, have it be appropriate. It's gonna be awesome. Stay tuned for that. Have a great night, y'all. See you guys here on Sunday. And if you want to sign up to Lip Sync Battle, go to the back where Liv and Trin are. Sign up with them.